This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, this is Flip Gordon. You're listening to the Top Rope Nation podcast. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. I finished these fights. Give me a hell, yeah. Top Rope Nation. Learn to love it. It's the best thing going today. Episode 51 of the Top Rope Nation podcast. And, guys, not much to talk about. Not a lot going on in the world of pro wrestling. Frankly, I didn't know what we would talk about this week. Uh, Justin, how are you feeling about this WrestleMania trip coming up? Is it too late to cancel? (laughs) I don't know if you heard the show last week, guys, but uh, we talked up the fact that Justin has really been waiting for The Undertaker and John Cena to be announced. And God, if Daniel Bryan, by any chance, came back at WrestleMania, this guy's going to be walking around New Orleans like Ron Jeremy. Justin, I think you're going to have a good time, my friend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, this is Ryan Drosty of Top Rope Nation. I am joined by Justin Joint, as always. Kyle Ross is not here at the moment. He may be joining us at some point during the show. We've had some technical difficulties. Kyle might be coming in. So, on the line, subbing for Kyle Ross. You know him from the Oversell podcast, Derek Schropel. Derek, what's going on? Man, nothing. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Columbus, Ohio. Ryan hits me up. It's like, man, I ain't doing nothing else. So I uh, uh, really hate, thankful that you're, I was the guy you got to come through. So that's awesome. And I'm looking forward to Mania as well. I don't know, Justin, if Ryan told you, but like we're pretty much on the same Mania weekend schedule. Nice. Look, look forward to meeting you, man. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great, man. We're going to Progress. We're going to Evolve. We're going to Ring of Honor and Mania. I am like, uh, I'm, I'm just so excited. And I found out, I don't know if you guys know this, Saturday during the Ring of, uh, before the Ring of Honor show, like all day at where the Ring of Honor show is going to be, they're going to be doing something called uh, Festival of Honor. And they're going to have like different panels. And one of them will be an intimate afternoon with Dalton Castle which I don't know what that means, but it sounds hilarious. Um, they're going to have women's wrestling panels during it, meet and greets with wrestlers. And, like, I think I'm going to – I need to try to find an inside scoop on when Kenny Omega is going to be signing autographs at that show because that's – I have three goals this weekend. One is to get a Matt Riddle autograph. One is to get a Kenny Omega autograph. And this one's, like, highly unlikely to happen. But I want to get Daniel Bryan to sign my Occupy Raw shirt. <laughs> you know – 
I'm not sure I'll be able to get Justin back to Iowa if we add Kenny Omega, meeting Kenny Omega to his itinerary. So we might <laughs> have to just forget you said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going to be a great weekend. Though. This is my first mania, live mania. So, so I made the, I'm going to make the best of it. and I'm going to see as much wrestling as I can. Hey, same, same here, man. This is going to be my first mania, which is why I'm like, I'm really, really hoping for the undertaker, really just for the entrance, but, uh, to have the, the one of, I mean, top three biggest returns in wrestling history to, you know, happen in the same event is just incredible. Hey, so Justin, you'll have to, uh, I mean, Ryan, you'll have to add in some music here, but hopefully now, Justin, are you going to be upset if you hear that? Keep rolling, 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 rolling. Yeah, keep rolling, rolling, rolling. God, rolling. there's been so much said about. I don't, I don't see any chance that actually happens. So, do you guys think they would actually do that? I, I think they would do American Badass with Kid Rock live. I, I hope not. Oh, yeah. But oh god. Yeah, I. Uh, I don't know. Can it's can such a dream match. Like, I can't. I can't see him doing it with the scene undertake they got to have the dead man for this this kind of a historic match especially for like when they they show clips of this 10 15 years down the line no one, no one's going to want to see the american badass undertaker yeah Can we talk about how horrible it is that kid rock is getting into the WWE hall of fame when there are other more and i get that there's no actual physical building and blah 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 but and this is coming straight from a memphis guy so it means much more to me but how are you going to have these celebrities in the Dare to Be Hall of Fame and not have someone like Andy Kaufman, who the reason why celebrities got more over in wrestling is because of what Andy Kaufman did in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah, no doubt. And especially there's a lot of Andy Kaufman publicity going around right now because of that Netflix documentary about Jim Carrey and Man <laughs> on the Moon. I mean, this is a perfect time to do it. I actually... I talked about that with Flip Gordon on our interview last week. That is available in the archives if you guys have not checked that out. Episode 50, Ring of Honor star Flip Gordon. One of our most downloaded episodes so far. So, uh, yeah, I think I think that would be a, a great induction. And then just for musicians-wise, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of her music, but Cindy Lauper certainly has done more for professional wrestling than Kid Rock. So. She certainly did more for women's wrestling than the fabulous Moolah did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, geez, she was the liaison <laughs> between the WWF and MTV, which led to the whole rock and wrestling deal, which led to WrestleMania. It's mind-boggling she isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. Yeah, that's it's just some of these celebrities they put in are stupid. And, you know, another tangent I have on this these in, these speeches they make, Jerry Lawler, when he got – when he was admitted into the Hall of Fame, he um, wanted to have legendary wrestling commentator Lance Russell induct him into the Hall of Fame. And some Bucky Tooth executive thought, well, no one knows who that is, so let's get William Shatner to do it. Oh, son of a you, you bat, That bastard Kevin Dunn, I hate him with a passion. <laughs> Wrestling's number one enemy. That is a classic WWE move right there to not use the Memphis connection and Jerry Lawler's freaking induction into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, William Shatner, that was that was pretty odd. I didn't like that either. Hey, so, real quick, uh, yeah. what while we're talking about WrestleMania weekend, um, as things stand right now, Derek, what are you most looking forward to? Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes. That's the Oh wow. That's what I'm looking to forward to Mania Weekend because, you know, to me, Kenny Omega is like a once in 20, every 20 year talent because he's 
solid in the range. He's a very charismatic guy. He cuts great promos. He tells great stories through his actions in the ring. Um, and he's just, to me, he's the best wrestler on the planet right now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I've seen him once before, and it, it was one of the best moments of my live wrestling attending in the last few years. I know Justin's looking forward to seeing him, too. Uh, but, Justin, you might be looking forward to seeing Marty Skrull even more. Yeah, that that's I, I will be definitely wearing a villain shirt to that show. Yeah, it's you got Kota Ibushi yeah, at the too. show. And, Great show. And and Matt seeing Matt Riddle and Will Ospreay, I know that match is going to tear down the Pontchartrain Center wherever it's at for that Mercury Rising show. And apparently, Matt Riddle later that night at Joey Janela's Spring Break is going to be wrestling James Ellsworth, and <laughs> the promo they cut for it is hilarious. That I did see. Um, I was looking at some ticket sales figures that someone had posted on Twitter, I think, earlier today, and they showed how many tickets have been sold to all the indie shows. And I think the Spring Break show has done the most tickets sold. Right, I want to say like eleven hundred or so. I think uh, I think the two progress shows were like around nine hundred and six hundred tickets sold so far. And I assume they'll probably do pretty good walk up business too with all the fans in town and they hear about the show mm-hmm. and maybe they have never even heard of progress wrestling, but. Uh, we'll go check it out. You know, it's a it's an that, Uber ride from the French Quarter, but you could still do it. That show is going to have some amaz- amazing talent. It's going to have uh, Tyler Bate, and um, I think Riddle will probably be there. Jeff Cobb, uh, so much so much great independent talent is going to be wrestling that show. That's uh, I think Mania. Uh, the way I thought of it the other day, Mania is the NWO, and all the independent shows are like the cruiserweights, and that's what's got me excited for that weekend. Yeah, I kind of felt that way for a long time, but man, this Mania card now, do you guys agree it's stacking? This could be one of the best WrestleManias of all time. I think it was already going that direction, but when you add Brian's return into it, this is if this doesn't fall in the top five of the 34 incarnations <laughs> of WrestleMania, I think I would be disappointed. Justin, I know you pretty you feel pretty strongly about that. Yeah, I on, on paper, just on paper, this is looks like the best WrestleMania since uh, somebody pointed out twenty six on paper was pretty good. But I know I agree with what you just said. If this doesn't end up a at least a top ten WrestleMania, something went horribly wrong. Yeah, and uh, Derek, yeah. you've never been to WrestleMania, right? Correct. This is number one for me. Yeah. Do you feel the same way? Um, you know, I was lukewarm on the cards, barring a few matches. Like, I was excited for AJ and Shinsuke. Um, I got excited when they announced Asuka and Charlotte. But last night, like, it, WrestleMania 34 really got over on me when they announced, when it looks like Daniel Bryan's going to be coming back and wrestling for me. Because that moment with him and um, Zane and Owens, Zane and Owens was just incredible. And it started hitting those kicks. The crowd was into it. And it, it, was, it was almost Stone Cold Steve Austin pre-invasion pop that he got when he started going on the attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't lost a beat. And if for anyone who thinks maybe that Brian's going to be working restricted, I think those thoughts can be put to rest after seeing the, <laughs> the punishment that Brian took. I mean, the, the minute he started going to the corners, doing those drop kicks and falling on his head, 
I knew right then that there's no restrictions on this guy because he did it over and over and over. And then, God, the power bomb he took on the outside was brutal. He He's going full blast, and I, I don't know exactly how often he's going to work after WrestleMania, but I know he's been cleared basically to work as much as he wants. So there's a lot of prospective feuds out there for him, but I think none make more sense than The Miz down the line. They've built that thing up for over a year now, I think. So... I just, I'm just fantasy booking in my head right now, and if this doesn't happen now at SummerSlam, I'm going to be very upset. Ross, general manager, SmackDown general manager, one-on-one SummerSlam. Yeah, I can see that. Kurt Angle, Daniel Bryan, tearing it up. That would be so much fun. Barry, I know Kurt Angle can't move his neck, but I don't think he'd have to in order to have a great match with Daniel Bryan. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's so many juicy matchups out there you can think of. Like, I remember um, when Nakamura jumped, uh, they in, immediately brought up the fact that everyone would have loved to have seen Brian Nakamura, and Brian was recently retired, couldn't happen anymore. But, uh, man, we can actually get that match now. How can you not be freaking excited? Justin. All right, so I, I got a couple things here. First thing is that, Yesterday, I was having just an awful day at work. I was just kind of bombarded with a bunch of stuff. Some things went wrong. And at 2.12, both Kyle and Ryan sent me a text saying Daniel Bryan was cleared. And from that moment and to the end of Raw... I got to say, yesterday was one of the top five days I've ever had as a professional wrestling fan. Um, it, the fact that he finally got cleared and he's going to wrestle again is just incredible considering his career arc. And then my the other thing I want to know from you guys is I know a lot of people have been really down on SmackDown lately. And... I'm, the things that, that have kept me going on it is Kevin Owens and the Usos. I, I, I'm i not down on the, the Kevin Owens and Shane storyline. It, it's been entertaining. I think the problem is that it was obvious where it was going from the beginning, and they've just been having to really drag it out now. But now that you know Daniel's cleared... And it looks like we're heading for that tag team. And the fact that they, the biggest mess was that Shane cost Owens the title. But they covered that with uh, Daniel Bryan saying, you got what you wanted. Shane's gone now. He gave, you a, he gave you a match at WrestleMania and he's gone. And then they just beat him up, you know, anyways, after, the, after Daniel fired him. I think it's really helped this story storyline out a lot, and it, it's going to make for one of the best WrestleMania promo packages ever. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, did you guys see that Kevin Owens, by the way, changed his name back to Kevin Steen on Twitter? No. <laughs> yeah, he's he's went completely like he actually is unemployed now. Uh, Sami Zayn is not El Generico on Twitter though; he is still Sami Zayn. So he has an update. Well, El Generico, in, in El Generico, like saving orphans in Mexico still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's okay, an important so, job. 
so guys, I guess I, I forgot to actually ask the question was, does this salvage the, the Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens storyline for you guys? I mean, like, is, were you down on just all the other stuff on SmackDown or was that okay? I don't think I've been too down on it just because Kevin Owens is just so freaking fantastic. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I'd rather him be working someone else than Shane McMahon, but I think the feud has been all right. I've, I have been pretty down on SmackDown. I, I review it every week on pop culture and it's been really kind of a slog to watch the last few months, but they have had this underlying current of good stuff happening like i've really enjoyed uh the bludgeon brothers and how they've been building them up for months and actually i'm really looking forward to that triple threat tag team match that's bound to happen at mania uh i love the usos i wrote my review last week that they've been the highlight of smackdown for a couple months now um you got aj as champion how can you not like that i mean he hasn't been booked the greatest but it's still aj styles you're still getting to watch him work uh i think yeah, I think the Brian return puts the show over the top. It's definitely must-see TV again for the first time in a long time. Um, I feel like the women's division on SmackDown has been pretty stale. We are going to get Asuka Charlotte, but Becky Lynch is just criminally underutilized on that show. That's that's a downer. I do like the Riot Squad. So I think, I think there's stuff to like, and it, it is picking up at the right time. But then again, wrestling always does pick up this time of year. So what happens after Mania? And I know they're going to be doing another roster shakeup soon after Mania. I think it's kind of hard to hard to predict predict where they're going post Mania and how good the show is going to be because they could just swap out the rosters. But I'm I'm definitely more excited for it now than I have been in in quite a while. How, how have you been feeling about SmackDown, Derek? Uh. I'll answer it like this. I hardly ever walk, get a chance to watch SmackDown. Like, I work from home, so I'll have it on during the day. But, like, there's nothing really grabbing my attention to it. And and what sucks about the women's division is Carmella, I think, has a lot of talent. And right now, I think she's been underutilized. You have arguably one of the best women's wrestlers in the WWE from a technical standpoint in Natalia. We know she's going to be criminally underutilized. And like you said, you have Becky Lynch and... On Raw, it, I don't know. There's just so much, so many things that they seem to be doing better. And you know, part of it, I think one one episode y'all kept talking about is the narrow, narrow. Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> but so it, it's it's on, but it's not drawing my attention to it. That's how I'd answer what SmackDown does right now. Yeah, I, th- I think there's one thing about SmackDown that makes you tune out, though. And anyone that follows you on Twitter, Derek knows what it is and that is one randall horton how long has he been in the wwe now since what 2004 5 something uh, like that i want to say like oh three maybe even late oh two i can't remember when he debuted sometime in oh three probably he had that injury like yeah, right so, away and so now he's just finally a grand slam champion after 16 years when it took Miz a little bit more than half that, you know, I, the him winning the U S title to me makes absolutely no sense. And I hate it for Bobby Roode who is over and can be a good wrestler. But then again, you have someone making the decisions that, that can't even take the criticism because these people will tweet at them and 
the way he talks to the fans trying to critique his product is stupid to me. And yeah, it's yeah, fuck Randy Orton. Randy Orton basically. is one of the world's worst Twitter users, that's for sure. But you're you're preaching to the choir here because we once did a show titled "The People versus Randy Orton." So. <laughs> Justin just, and I are on I, the same page there. I'm wondering what Bob Orton did so well for Vince that his son basically has a job with the company as long as he's had it because that's he could you imagine like Randy Orton trying to work a match in Evolve or go over to PWG or something like that? No, you can't because he's homegrown WWE talent and he wouldn't be able to work with guys that you know are going to do more acrobatic or or harder stiffer styles of wrestling like in New Japan you know you could just like Ziggler if Ziggler gets done with the WWE you're not going to see him just move through the indies because he doesn't know how to work that independent style yeah, I think the thing with Orton is like he's a good solid WWE style wrestler he's just like he's really good. I don't understand. He he is a very good wrestler, but it's he doesn't have a style that's particularly memorable. Like he has good matches, but he doesn't do anything that like blows you away. He always has good solid matches, like your solid three star match. But he doesn't do anything that makes you want to rewatch his work. And he does look like the typical Vince McMahon star. Yeah, you, you know, like he's a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. He's got a great body. You know, I don't know. He's he's if you would to, if you were to sculpt a person that Vince would imagine to be a top wrestling star it would be Randy Orton, his, or his or, Chris, or the original Chris Masters when he first debuted. That that's Vince's ultimate wet dream right there. <laughs> yeah, Justin. I mean, his best moments have been other guys doing great things to set up the RKO. You think uh, Evan Bourne with that shooting star RKO mm-hmm. and uh, Seth Rollins with the one at WrestleMania 31. I mean, I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I think he's talented. I just find him t- to be boring and probably not a good person. Yeah. He's just very routine. And actually I heard Seth wasn't trying to like say that, but I heard an interview he did one time where he was talking about that spot with the RKO where uh, he goes to the curb stomp. Didn't he go for the curb stomp and then he gets like thrown up in the air and yep. the RKO. And he was talking about that and how he was trying to convince Randy to do it. And Randy was very hesitant because it, they had to do it on the first take. You know what I mean? Like it could have gone really bad. And he even said, I believe, that uh, that Orton is, you know, he's kind of like a routine guy and he didn't want to go too far outside the box. And that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like he's a good wrestler, but he doesn't go outside the box. He's, he's a very good wrestler. What he does is just not like something that sets him apart i don't feel like if he wasn't an orton i'm not sure well, I'm, I'm i'm definitely sure he wouldn't he wouldn't have had the the top uh of the card as long as he has i think that's fair that, to say all i know yeah, is like that it. he he the u.s title match needs to be a, a pre-show match but it won't be because he's randy orton so i hope it's it's um, you know, in the middle of the main card, so that way I can go take a pee. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be a few beers in by then, Justin, so you might need that. <laughs> well, well, hey, with all the people that are going to be at the um, uh, at the Superdome, you're going to be waiting a while to pee, so you better hope it's a nice, good, long match, too. Lots <laughs> of high spots. Uh, 
here's here's one for you. I saw someone throw this out on I think Twitter earlier. I don't know who it was, or I would give them credit, but we're talking about how many good matches there are on this on this card, and we're gonna get to some more Daniel Bryan discussion in a minute because that's definitely the topic of the week. But uh, what would you guys think? So AJ and Nakamura has virtually no chance at closing the show. I think there's a strong argument it should close the show, but I don't think it's going to. So what would you guys think if that was the first match out of the gate once the pay-per-view went on the air? Do you think I that think would be that good would or be bad? Huge, I think it would be a huge mistake to put that match on first. That's If it's not going to be first, that needs to be a match. It has to be one of the final three matches. Putting it first is just a mistake to me. Okay. Justin, what do you think? See, like, for me... I don't care near as much as where matches are on the card as I do how much time they get. If putting Nakamura and Styles first gives them 20 to 25 minutes, fucking great. Put it first. I'll, you know, get me hyped as shit for the, the rest of the show. Even if the rest of the show is a downer, give me a great match to start it. Um, my concern is, like, you know, with the way Mania has been going is these times build up and build up and it eats away at certain matches. And I'm afraid that that match, the the time they would give to that match is going to be eaten away by uh, crap. Like, well, I'm, you know, triple H's matches, which should almost always be 10 to 15 minutes and always go 30. It's so, yeah, no, I, I, I'd be down. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. I, uh, I guess the the person's argument was that this card is so deep, it's going to be such a long show. I think the last several Manias have gone long past the time they were supposed to end, and they go like four-plus hours. And they're making the argument that the crowd's going to be really hot out of the gate, and if the show, if the match isn't going to go on last, you could really get the fans into it in the first match, whereas if they're three, four matches from the top, the crowd might be a little bit burned out, maybe not into it as much. And they were, they were trying to make the argument that the first match could make it more memorable. You know, that being said, it, it would be kind of odd to have a world championship match right at the beginning of the show, but it can it be a memorable be the first stop. time. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can be a memorable spot too. Uh, like before we went on the air, this one wasn't a title match, but, uh, we were talking me and Justin about, WrestleMania 10 and Brett and Owen first match on that show. Everyone talks about it. I think you can make the argument now that, you know, that was, that's not the match that gets talked about. Everyone talks about Sean and razor, but to me, Brett and Owen is the better match. Uh, and it, it got a lot of eyeballs right at the beginning. So I, I think I just thought it was, I thought it was an interesting argument. I think you could make a case for doing it there. I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I like to see the title matches go on last. Uh, but I don't know, man. This card is so stacked. You could put Brian's return last. Um, you know, there's there's an argument yeah. for the Rousey match to be last just because she is such the ma- the mainstream star. You know, they're going to want Brock and Roman to maybe close. Yeah, go ahead, Derek. I I I think the, if if it's going if in fact Cena and Undertaker are going to have a match, that's going to be your last match. Yeah, I think there's a pretty good chance of that. For yeah, and I'm hoping it. it and if, if that's true, then I'm hoping it's the biker taker because I'm going to want that entrance to end really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone's talking about that and in the, the the Kid Rock song. But didn't my memory might be kind of hazy? I know when he started the the uh, American Badass stuff, he came out as a Kid Rock right away. But didn't he come out to Roland 
for like 99 percent of that run yeah it was it, it started off kid rock and then it and then at some point limp biscuit i guess paid more money to have their song used instead because that's the only way people you can listen to limp biscuit is if they pay you to <laughs> yeah god two bands i don't listen to very much i think i would pick limp biscuit over kid rock though if i was forced to choose when didn't um fred durst like wasn't in the past couple of years didn't he get kicked out of like was it a wrestlemania where throwing dull birds at the camera when they, <laughs> they put him on camera that does that does seem uh familiar actually i forgot about that yeah, the one thing I will give Limp Biscuit though is I think the best uh WrestleMania like uh video package of all time is the My Way video with Austin and Rock at X7. Okay. Well, that's because X7 there's nothing bad about X7. That's true. Except for Austin's heel turn maybe. I I might redo that. Well, that was standing up until that point there's nothing wrong with WrestleMania. Yeah. 17 yeah god we could do a whole show on uh wrestlemania retro our favorite mania matches and favorite manias of all time but we got to get back to this daniel bryan return guys that's what that's what everyone wants to hear us talk about and uh we i don't think we spend near enough time on it justin talking about how happy he was at work he's he's walking around feeling like he's walking on sunshine he's hearing it in his headphones and uh kyle and i are texting back and forth there was there was a really funny interaction that we had on our text thread on our phones justin was just completely losing his shit as brian had been cleared justin have you ever seen brian wrestle live by the way yeah in cedar falls that's right yeah he was at that show i'm pretty sure I've that's i think that is the only time i at a house show here in iowa i think that's the only time i've seen him wrestle live too um Derek, you were on the Occupy Raw. That's pretty awesome. Yep, that's one reason why I'm really excited. I was part of the people they brought in to Occupy Raw and fill the ring where they sent two security guards to try to get us out of there. That's actually funny that you say that now because uh, last night, Justin and I are like wrestling t-shirt obsessed and we were talking about brian's merchandise and i was looking on the website and they have the classic like the maroon yes shirt for sale and they have for a while but that's the only brian shirt and they still today i was shocked i thought they would bring back like all of his old t-shirts and they still don't have anything for sale they're not really capitalizing very well on the hype of his return but uh that that shirt that you guys were wearing for occupy raw the gray one that's like the che yes shirt yep that is his greatest shirt of all time. I can't believe that's not for sale again yet. Cause I really want to buy it, but I was going to ask you, so how did that go down getting involved with Occupy Rod? Did they give you those shirts by the way? Yeah, that, and that was an XL and I'm traditionally a two XL guy. And that's all the shirts they gave us was XL. And there were people bigger than I was trying to stuff themselves into the, those shirts. So that was one and all the same, but we were, uh, well, breaking news. WWE uses seat fillers for their shows to make uh, p- to make it think people don't go to the bathroom or take breaks. The, the stands are always full for their shows, so <laughs> these people get into wrestling shows for free, and they give you a wristband. And this dude Steve will uh, will get, hear from his director or producers to say, "Hey, we've got this many spots on camera." He comes and grabs the seat fillers and. We, put, we sit in the seats until someone comes in or if they're coming in late or if they come 
back to go to the bathroom or something like that. So when they had us come in, they always have a meeting before Raw. When they had us come in that night, they said, well, you know, you guys, I know you guys, a lot of the seat fillers do as normal. This is going to be, there's something different happening tonight. You guys are going to be part of a segment and you're going to occupy Raw. And like all of us were like, what? And um, there was also some WWE folks in the back that, if, if you were in the ring, like actually physically in the ring, you worked for the WWE, like in catering or something like that. But everyone around the ring were fans. They just were seat fillers that the WWE uses at all of their shows. <laughs> that's that's really funny you mentioned that because I got a buddy um, who heard you on the show like last year at some point that he tunes in here and there. Shout out to Rod. And uh, he he heard you talking about the seat filling thing, and he started getting really interested in that. I believe he went to whatever pay per view was just in Minneapolis a couple months ago, and he d- he did the seat filler thing, and he only knew about that because he had heard you talk about it on Top Rope Nation, and he he made use of it, and he he spoke very highly of the whole seat filling gimmick, but uh, he didn't get yeah. to be part of the show like you did. Yeah, and it's really funny they have this whole skit or this whole speech the dude has to give you and like, don't jump the barricade, which, you know, we all know, don't do that anyway. Cause you're going to get your ass kicked and then go to jail. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's been times when we, uh, set, had the seat filled and we didn't, we, and usually they give you like really good seats and you don't even have to move because everyone showed up and is in their seats. Um, so there's always that as well. Like we've sat on the floor sometimes just in the back row. We've set, and some really good seats in the first rows off the risers or off the floor. So it's really a sweet gig if you have the hookup to get it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so did you get to interact with Brian at all that night, or was it pretty much they just shoved you out there when the segment started? Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, they um, they had us in the back, and we actually saw Gold Dust after his match. That was pretty cool. He was just walking on by like, hey, there's Gold Dust. Cool. <laughs> um, so they had us all um, – in an area, getting us all in our shirts, and then Daniel Bryant made his promo, and then the guy's like, "All right, let's go, let's go, let's go." And we all walked out there and just started doing. Yeah, they they were like, "Just do yes, champ. That's all you guys have to do, or do no, whatever Daniel Bryant does." So it was hard to move around because everyone was kind of crowding around Daniel Bryant, and also they had WWE employees around Daniel Bryant, which makes a lot of sense too, because that was all that was in the ring. I would love to have gotten closer, but I didn't get to shake his hand or anything. Okay. Yeah, they. Uh, but if 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 I get to see him at Mania weekend, I sign down with say I was there for Occupy Raw helping you out, bro. So put a sweet <laughs> little message on there for me. You better bring the T-shirt to get that signed. I'm bringing that T-shirt. That will be with me just in case there's a chance. You know, you hear something like, "And Daniel Bryan is signing autographs at the Cricket on second and fourth or something like that." Yeah. I think I think I'm I'm gonna have to go back um, and watch that WWE 24. I think it was on uh, on Brian's WrestleMania 30 experience just to see like the New Orleans sites again and just heading down there. I've never been to New Orleans before. Justin has, but uh, just just to see kind of where where the people went and to get me hyped up for the show. Uh, I was gonna say the promo. I wanted to definitely talk about the promo from Tuesday night because watching that. It's just so clear there is there has not been a performer probably since Steve Austin or The Rock, maybe CM Punk, but that has connected with the audience like Brian. It's just I don't know. He doesn't even like 
he doesn't even have to try. Like he just comes out there and he just seems like such a good dude. And he, everything he says just connects with the crowd. He has them in the palm of their hand. Um, he organically got over with the crowd, unlike anyone since Austin, for sure. Um, but I thought his promo on Tuesday night was just pretty, pretty perfect. You got the emotion out of him. You got him all fired up. Uh, the crowd was into it. I, I had to watch it a second time after SmackDown was over just to to take it all in again. Um, Justin, as you were watching the show on Tuesday night, like what was going through your mind watching that opening segment? Uh, the thing that stood out to me the most was when he brought up his wife. Like, obviously, he got, he got very emotional about that, uh, which was cool. I mean, it's like Daniel Bryan is the most human and genuine WWE superstar I think we've ever seen. You know, and obviously this is just from interviews and whatnot, but I think it's pretty safe to say he's a genuine good person. Um, yeah, I, I was, I was just in awe of it, man. It's like where he's come with his promos is just incredible and where it ended up. And yeah, I just, I, I don't know, man. I'm just in awe of the entire thing. I, I still can't believe Daniel Bryan is back. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you couldn't script this thing any better. Like the highs and lows of his career would make a great movie someday. Like he gets brought into WWE, goes through that NXT thing, like the, like the old NXT contest deal they used to do on Raw, and gets paired up with the Miz. Even though everyone, any of the hardcore fans watching knew this is a guy, Brian Danielson. He's been around for a few years. Uh, he had been wrestling longer than the Miz and WWE didn't think he had it in him, you know, like they let him go and then they bring him back and then he's, he's kind of underutilized for a while. He, he grows the beard. He becomes this like sensation with the crowd, the whole yes thing, which he kind of just started kind of as a joke in, in his entrances and it really caught on. I'll tell you one my favorite, one of my favorite Brian memories is that money in the bank show in 2011. I think it was the opening match, and he won the he won the Money in Bank, and then uh, Punk won the title from Cena in the main event. I was in Chicago. That was that was a great show, and I felt like that was when Brian really became a superstar that night. And like from that moment on, his career was just a pleasure to watch. And I never thought I would see a second run. Like if you would have asked me six months ago, I knew he was trying to get cleared and everything. I didn't think it happened in WWE. I thought he would maybe go to Ring of Honor or New Japan next fall. Um, but when they shot that angle last week, we talked about it on the show, this has to be Daniel Bryan, you know? You can you can listen to it in our archives. The whole first 30 minutes of the show last week, all we did was say this has to be Daniel Bryan. It can't be going anywhere else. And we got into this long discussion about where it would rank historically, and we kind of compared his comeback to, uh, to Shawn Michaels, you know, two guys who... We never thought we would see them wrestle again, and here we are. And Sean, we got several more years out of. I don't know how long Brian's planning on working. He seems like a pretty dedicated family guy, but he loves wrestling. So, um, I don't know. Do you guys watch, by the way, do you watch uh, Total Divas ever? Not to throw you under the bus, but you guys watch Total Divas? <laughs> Derek, do you watch yeah, it at you all? Know, I, I tried to watch it when it first came out because I thought, 
I thought it was actually going to be like behind the scenes stuff. And then I watched it. I was like, this is fucking Kardashians with deep <laughs> wrestlers, women's wrestlers. Like, no, this is stupid. So, yeah, it lasts like three episodes. Right. I did get to see, uh, what was her name? Rosa Mendez try to kiss Paige. That was oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's all I can remember from it. Well, the reason I bring it up is because when I went back to watch Brian's segment on Tuesday um, a second time, uh, I had my wife watch it with me because she does watch Total Divas, and that's like about the only pro wrestling related programming I can get her to watch consistently. <laughs> so she's actually very familiar with Brian just because he's he's on there in the Total Bella show and stuff. And so when Brian got to the part where he was thanking Bree that Justin mentioned, and he got all emotional, and you know he was kind of saying that Bree's the reason that she kept pushing him to fight for and everything. My wife instantly said. Uh, well, it sure didn't seem like it <laughs> because <laughs> what they filmed on the, the reality show was like she was very against him ever wrestling again. So that's, I found it kind of not odd, but it, it was surprising he said that a little bit because she was very anti-Brian wrestling again on that show. So for anyone that watches that, that didn't really jive. But I know Total Divas is, is scripted like everything else, so... I kind of told my wife that, like, eh, we don't know what was really going on behind the scenes. I'm sure she was she was pushing him to do it because Brian loves wrestling, and he had been cleared by multiple doctors, and it was just the WWE holding out. I don't think you can't really blame him for being more cautious because of the concussion lawsuits and everything, but there's no way they could deny all these specialists that had cleared him at this point. You know one thing that um, this Daniel Bryan coming back gives me a lot of hope for? And this goes out to all you Johnny New Japan fans like me, but a sh- eventually a Shibata return. Yeah, last summer that was uh, that's another really bad one. It could happen. Is he? Yeah, do you know? Have you heard if he's been working like with that in mind at all? Um. Well, I know he's now like head of the Los, or he's going to be the head trainer at the Los Angeles New Japan Dojo. So I don't know if that will eventually help him come back into wrestling. And I told, I said this on our podcast, at Oversell Podcast on Twitter. Um, had I been like right out of high school, if I got out of high school right now and I was 18, 19 years old, I'm dropping everything that I can do. I'm selling whatever I have, any possession I have to move to LA to learn how to professionally wrestle like Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah, it's, it's hard to deny that would be a hell of a head trainer to have. Oh, man, that dude, watching him wrestle was just so incredible to me. He made everything look just like his mission was just to cause as much pain as possible in the ring. And go back and watch Wrestle Kingdom. I believe it was Wrestle Kingdom uh, either 10 or 11 where he wrestled Tomohiro Ishii. And those guys just beat the hell out of each other for 15 minutes, just stiff shot after stiff shot. And that's one of the first matches I watched in New Japan, and that's what got me hooked was those two guys right there. Uh, Ishii's another guy that's going to be in New Orleans. Yes, he is. There you go. Kota Ibushi, and and, uh, I'm really hoping Minoru Suzuki is going to be at Ring of Honor because I know he's going to be down there WrestleMania weekend, so it'll be cool if he shows up. And maybe some folks from Los Ingobernables de Japón. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yeah. Katsuya Naitu. Yeah, I'm hoping a few more names get added that haven't been publicly mentioned as of yet. But 
We'll see. Yeah, see I really happens. don't feel bad about missing the the uh, the uh, Hall of Fame induction, sitting next to a bunch of sweaty fat guys yelling "what" during induction <laughs> speeches. Justin, we didn't even really consider going to the Hall of Fame. No, God, no. Why would we? <laughs> yeah, there's been other years where I. I really, if I would have went, I would have gone to the Hall of Fame. And I, I've gone to one WrestleMania, and I went to 22 in Chicago. So I had to go to the Hall of Fame because that was the year Bret Hart got inducted. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this year I I had no interest. This has got to be one of the weaker Hall of Fame classes they've ever had. Excluding the Dudleys? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, it is not that appealing. Yeah. I, I could care less. Plus, I don't really like how they do it. Like you alluded to that a second ago, uh, Derek, with – the fans chanting and stuff you know back when i went it was when they still had it in the theater setting so mm-hmm. mania was at the all-state arena that year but uh so i think that seats around 16 17 000. that was actually the last mania in a basketball arena before they went all stadiums and the hall of fame was at the rosemont theater which maybe seats 1500 people 2000 at tops so it was really hard to get a ticket. I think I had to go on StubHub to get a ticket for that. Show. I think I paid, yeah, I paid a lot of money, two or three times what the ticket cost to to get into the show. But back then they actually had on the ticket uh, like to dress up and everything, and the fans were expected to wear like slacks and a dress shirt, and some still came in well, t-shirts. Hell yeah, you, yeah, that's that's just sweaty fat guy. Oh, Derby, you can't tell me what to wear, man. <laughs> Go screw yourself. <laughs> it was so much better that I, I wish they'd go back there. I know they make a lot of money on the tickets, but I just hate the arena setting yeah. for something like that. And, yeah, and all the doofuses yeah. yelling out during the speeches. And to be honest, if it were me, I, I, fans don't even need to be there. Just put it on television for us to watch. I know they want to sell tickets, but there's no, there's really no reason, especially because, you know, the only people that are going to show up are smart ass. A smart Alex that are just going to do whatever they can to take over the show. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want Bubba Ray and Devon to be interrupted by what chance anytime they start talking. And <laughs> then you always have the wrestlers that go off on these long tangents. And if I were there, I'd be like, would you please stop talking? Like if I would have been there for Michael PSAs when he was inducted, I would have gotten extremely bored because I'm like, dude, you're talking too much. And, I'm sick of you and that uh, and and Garvin or whoever it was with them trying to sh- up, get up there and still shake their hips and move like they're 22 and breathing like they're 846. <laughs> yeah, it has lost its luster a lot in recent years. So yeah, and, and you know it's like I, I just don't get some of these inductions. Like, are you really inducting Jeff Jarrett? Is he really like a worthy worthy enough to get into? the pro hall of pro wrestling hall of fame. What has Jeff Jarrett done in his career? Because you know, they're not going to acknowledge what he, they're not going to acknowledge anything he did while he wasn't a part of WWE. So what he was involved in a feud beating up a woman or what that invokes a hall of fame career. Just, and this is coming from a guy that grew up watching Jeff Jarrett wrestle in Memphis. I just don't think he's really worthy to be called one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. No, it's 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 basically just the Vince McMahon list and whoever they feel like putting in. I think it would be a lot more interesting if they actually had, you know, a real committee and they had people have some requirement to get voted in. But it is, it's pretty questionable every year. And 
yeah, it's just it's just not that interesting anymore. So, yeah, we'll like, see. We'll see. Is, you know what would get me pumped for a Hall of Fame? I want like Vince Man finally to say one day, like, "Here's someone we need to put in Raven." Like, I want to see like, or it's time Scott Steiner joining the Derby Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon they're gonna get down to some of those guys. Like they're gonna run out of names to put in. Is Luger in the Hall of Fame? I don't believe so. I don't. I don't, I don't like. Think how are you so. gonna put? How the hell are you gonna put in Jeff Jarrett before you put in someone like Lex Luger, who had an actual, you know, I would say more of a Hall of Fame career than someone like Jeff Jarrett did. I don't. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense. Oh, I I can't stand either one of those guys, but Jeff Jarrett is a way better wrestler than Lex Luger ever was. I do yeah, think Luger Lex is a bigger Luger star, a, though. Yeah, that's my point exactly. Luger was way more over than Jeff Jarrett ever was. Yeah, I I do think I agree that uh, Jarrett's a a far better worker than than Luger. I think Luger's, yeah, his high points were just just a lot higher with the NWO and him beating Hogan on Nitro. And he had that feud with Flair in the 80s, who's a horseman. I think, yeah, it it depends on how you look at it. Do you look at it as star power? Do you look at it as talent, you know? Yeah, I I completely agree. I I I just don't think Jarrett was a big enough star to be considered a Hall of Famer. Like that would be just like putting Mike Glennon in the NFL Hall of Fame at some point. <laughs> oh man, he's long out of Chicago now. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that was just the first name that popped in my head. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's that's the equivalent for me. Yeah, they. I mean, they do have headliners out there that uh, the year they put in The Rock's going to be really big. They got The Undertaker, obviously, to put in still. So they got they got some big headliners. I just think filling out the rest of the Hall of Fame is going to start getting kind of thin because, honestly, some of the classes they've done have been huge. They could have had smaller induction classes, but they kind of they went through a lot of names early on. So, and and you still have also have people out there like Chris Jericho. You know he's eventually going to be a pro. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. And, um, that's yeah. one I'm waiting on. And eventually, you know, you'll get Triple H, and you know Stephanie. I'm sure will be in the Hall of Fame just because she wants to be. <laughs> Especially after this Ronda feud makes her an international superstar. Uh, yeah, I don't like the reasoning behind it, but I hope the big moment is Ronda finally getting her hands on her and just beating the hell out of her for five minutes. I, I'm fine with it just because, I mean, it's it's not obviously who I want to see Ronda Rousey work the most, but they they want to do it, and uh, we'll get it out of the way, and Ronda's going to be around for a long time, so I think we'll get we'll get a lot of good matches from her down the road. But, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, I don't know if that one's going to go on last or not at Mania. There's an argument to be made. No, but... that's... Yeah, it shouldn't. I, I think if this was Angle's actual first match back, if they didn't have to rush him into that match last fall, I think there could be a really solid argument for this one to go on last, especially with Ronda Rousey. But yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. It could. So with Brian back, and after he gets this out of the way, kind of along the same lines, he gets this this Shane McMahon deal out of the way, and he's back full time. I would expect. Uh, we talked about the Miz earlier. Uh, Justin, tell me when you want to see Daniel Bryan and the Miz finally have this match they've been building up for so many months. So here's the dilemma I, I'm I'm having as far as 
fantasy booking is going. And, oh, such a dilemma for a pro wrestling fan to have. Um, so the dream matches. He's on SmackDown now. I, I think we, we need to see Daniel Bryan versus both AJ Styles and Nakamura. Yeah. I agree. Those uh, are great matches. The but the match, even if it's not like a technical dream match, is Miz. And the way they could build that match with everything that has transpired between talking smack and the Miz stealing all of Daniel Bryan's moves the moment at Raw twenty five. I mean, the biggest match WWE can have is Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. And that's a WrestleMania match. I mean, that that is a WWE championship WrestleMania match. The problem is that since all the injuries that completely altered WrestleMania 32, they just pulled the trigger on matches right away. You know, we got the Shield triple threat at a battleground pay-per-view. We got both Roman Reigns and John Cena and Lesnar and Braun Strowman at, I don't, I don't even know, what, what the fuck was that pay-per-view? Uh, was that Great Balls of Fire? Oh, no. it, was, it was after that one, but... So, so they they get the itchy tr- trigger figure, and they they have to have their dream matches right away because they're afraid of people getting hurt. But I'm telling you, man, I I think the biggest match WWE can put on next year Mania is Miz and Daniel Bryan. But that would require, I think, for one, Daniel Bryan would have to go to Raw because Miz needs to break. Pedro Morales's intercontinental <laughs> title. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I mean, it sounds like a joke, but you know, obviously that's something that WWE does. They love this kind of history breaking moments. Yeah. So I think we got to get, the, we got to get the Daniel Bryan Nakamura and style stuff in, in the next month after WrestleMania, have the superstar shakeup and then, and then start the build, start the build. Because the dream match is Daniel Bryan and Miz. Yeah, I I would be shocked if they held that off until Mania. Although I wish they would. But I was also going to pose that question: Is what do you do with Bryan now that he he's a full time performer again? I guess I'm assuming that's going to be the case. He's not going to be able to be general manager, I wouldn't think. And so we've got we got the superstar shakeup coming in in April, I believe, or May. So does he go to Raw or do they bring the Miz to SmackDown? I think I would. I would rather have the Miz come to SmackDown, so we got more time to get the, the we got more time to get Brian and AJ and Nakamura in if those guys stay on SmackDown. But uh, I don't I don't know how long he has to hold that title to break the record. But if he holds it through Mania, isn't he pretty close to it at that point? I mean, it's still it's still the- about a month. Okay, because if they have the shakeup a month and a half later, whenever it's going to be, I don't know if they've publicly said yet, but. He could hold it, break the record, drop the title, and then come to SmackDown. But I don't know. We'll see. Do we, do we assume that Brian's not going to be GM anymore after WrestleMania? What do you think, Derek? Uh, yeah. If the plan for him is to come back and do all these feuds, there's no way 
he can make a uh, make him so they can make him a GM. So maybe Jeff Jarrett will come back and be the new GM of SmackDown. <laughs> Give him something to do. Yeah, you know, listen up, slap nuts. Here's tonight's tag match. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. It will be interesting to to see what they do with the roster because we'll either be really excited, you know, or we'll be really disappointed because they don't have Brian with the right guys, and we'll have to wait a little longer for those dream matches. We'll have to see what happens, but you know, it's it's got to be a near certainty that Miz and Brian are on the same brand after they do it. You know, it'd be an interesting way to work things out through next WrestleMania. So. Daniel Bryan and Miz end up wrestling. Daniel Bryan takes the IC title away from the Miz after Pedro's record. Now, we know the WWE loves records. What if, somehow or another, Chris Jericho comes back, wins the IC title from Daniel Bryan, then Miz breaks the record wins for the IC belt by beating Jericho at WrestleMania next year? Yeah, that's who, 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 who it holds the record for most intercontinental title wins or has won the title the most. So the Miz would set that record of, under that scenario? Yep, Miz would take the title and the record from Jericho all in one fail swoop. Okay. Well, I do think Jericho's going to be just, back by the summer. I think his tour winds up by then, I want to say. I hope so. I miss Jericho. Yeah. I like I liked his interaction he had with Elias, and I think that hopefully that's going to turn into something um, if he does do some sort of big-time return. Yeah, yep. I'm trying to look up his, his tour dates right now, actually, to see when that... Because I think he's in the U.S. now, and then I think he goes to Europe for a little while. Um, well, it looks like he's on tour. No, he is. he's off after April. But then he goes back on tour in mid-July um, through mid-August. So, I mean, he could come back in April for a little bit, and he could still work SummerSlam. So, yeah, he could be back for the majority of the rest of 2018. We'll have to see how it plays out. There we go. There we go. I like it. All right. Well, Derek, I do want to thank you for joining us on, on short notice because – Kyle's equipment crapped out. He was not a happy man. <laughs> there was a lot of turmoil before we went on the air. And so you you stepped in admirably. We thank you very much for hey, joining us on Top Rope Nation again. Hey, man, all you have to do is ask for that hot tag. I'm going to be in there for you. I, was, I wish Kyle was on the show so we could have more discussions about how Bill Goldberg was so overrated in his WCW run. <laughs> <laughs> that the last time you're on the show that was that was the hot topic i think so i've been on your show a few times since then but uh you, you haven't been on top rope nation in a while well thank it's as always I, I really enjoy talking wrestling i just love getting the chance to talk to wrestling with good fans like you justin kyle and i'm really looking forward to it and i, and I mean this so sincerely i'm really looking forward to going down to wrestlemania going to progress and maybe having a beer or two with you and watching wrestling shows with you guys I, and i really do mean that hell yeah man it's gonna be a great time we are justin and i talk about it every single day so we are looking forward to it as my, well my cousin's really excited and he keeps sending me biker taker gifts or just or whatever you call them <laughs> let's hope not we can commiserate yeah, together if that's the case uh derek tell the listeners where they can find you 
You can follow us at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. You can follow me. I'm at Derek, D-E-R-I-C-K-O-B-E-R-S-E-L-L. There you go. Justin, any closing words? Uh, no, man. I, I I look forward to uh, meeting Derek in uh, New Orleans and uh, squashing all what chance. <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. The what chance need to die a quick death and soon. The what chance, and I, I think I'm over this is awesome by now, too. Yeah, way overused. Thanks a lot, NXT fans down there in Orlando. Thanks, Full Sail. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you next week. Uh, I think I can avail this on the show now, but we, we have we have it booked for next week. We will have Liam O'Rourke on the show who wrote the recently released biography on Brian Pillman. I just got that in the mail, so I'm going to try to read a lot of that this weekend in prep for the show next week but uh that book did just win uh wrestling book of the year in the wrestling observer newsletter awards so excited to talk to liam next week and uh if you didn't catch our interview with flip gordon again that's episode 50 you can check that out in the archive you can find top rope nation on itunes stitcher radio spotify tune in topropenation.com and wherever podcasts are found we will catch you guys next week Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.